The NFL Scouting Combine is just around the corner, and some of these scouts have got their eyes set on the very best players that South Carolina's football program has to offer. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also the lead staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and also wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. And before we get into this Thursday edition of Locked On Gamecocks, I want to let y'all know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So NFL scouting combine invites were sent out on Wednesday afternoon, and the South Carolina Gamecocks are going to be well represented this year at the NFL Combine, as they had five players receive invites, including wide receiver Jalen Brooks, offensive guard Javon Gwynn, defensive lineman Zach Pickens, and defensive backs Darius Rush and Cam Smith. Now, what does having this group of players Participate in the Combine mean for South Carolina's football program? Well, the important thing about South Carolina having all these guys going to the Combine is it's going to once again serve as a clear sign of Shane Beamer and his coaching staff's ability to develop talent. Let's break this down with just a couple of these players, starting with Darius Rush. Because again, Darius Rush has the most unique story out of this entire group of players. He was in his second season at defensive back in 2021 when Shane Beamer and his coaching staff arrived, but he had never started a game. Heck, his first two years in Columbia, he was a wide receiver on this team, but he would wind up racking up 51 tackles, 18 pass deflections, and three interceptions in his final two seasons in Columbia, learning under Torian Gray's watch. He was also phenomenal at Senior Bowl practices just this past week and had a pretty good showing in the Senior Bowl itself. And now there's a lot of talk around NFL scouts and people who pay attention to NFL draft season that are saying that Darius Rush could very well now be a day two draft pick, which would be just phenomenal considering, again, where he was before Shane Beamer and his coaching staff arrived here at South Carolina. Jalen Brooks, he was going into his first full season in in Columbia when Shane Beamer and company arrived. And yes, he left halfway through the 2021 season due to some personal reasons that obviously will never be made public and don't need to be, but he came back for one more season in 2022 and had 33 catches for 504 receiving yards while learning under wide receivers coach Justin Stepp. And then of course, you got guys like Zach Pickens, Cam Smith, and Javon Gwynn who were all Players that, sort of from the very beginning, fans and people that were here at South Carolina looked at as players who had a lot of potential, had a lot of talent already there. But all three of these guys had their best two years of their career, arguably, 
under Shane Beamer and his program. And there's also a few other notable things to discuss when talking about this group of players. All of these guys could have left South Carolina's football program after the 2021 season. They all had pretty decent years, and they all could have decided to take a shot at the NFL. But they all chose to come back for another year. Now, you could, of course, argue that that was partly because of the momentum that Shane Bieber and this program built in year one, winning seven games and winning the Dukes Mayo Bowl against North Carolina after a season where the Gamecocks were one of the worst teams in the SEC and won only two games in their 10-game slate during the COVID-19 pandemic season. But you could also make the argument that these players came back along with many other super seniors because they saw this coaching staff and what they were doing and they felt like that these coaches can make me better as a football player. They can better prepare me for what's to come next in my football career. And I think that would be a pretty fair point to bring up when we look back on that. And here's the other thing to consider. All of these guys, for the most part, are sp- split up into different position groups. You're talking about the trenches on both sides of the ball. You've got an offensive skill player. You've got a couple of defensive skill players. These players are not just all grouped up on one side of the ball or in one particular position group. Kind of like you're going to see with Tennessee, for example. And that's not to say that Tennessee's defense doesn't have any stud players on that side of the ball, but let's be honest. When Tennessee has all their players get drafted this upcoming April, Pretty much 85-90% of those guys are probably going to come from the offensive side of the ball. Yes, that might work out great in terms of maybe getting guys to want to play in that offense, maybe be able to tout all the numbers that you put up, but it's not symmetrical development of your roster. South Carolina's coaching staff already can tout this to NFL scouts, to prospective NFL franchises that are looking at their guys. And depending on how these guys perform in the combine, how they go through the interview process and everything, this is going to bring more eyes of NFL scouts on South Carolina's football program. And that is going to automatically help South Carolina's publicity in recruiting, both with the transfer portal and high school recruiting. Because here's the thing. Recruits will no longer have to come to South Carolina just because of hope and relationships. The Gamecocks can now tout more of a proof of concept, not just with their team as a whole and their on-field results, but also now broken down to the individual player level, how they can develop you and prepare you again for the next stage of your football life. That is something that could really work out in terms of transfer portal recruiting because, again, Transfer portal recruits are a little bit different from high school recruits. Of course, those guys, they're not going to beat around the bush. They've been around the block in terms of a recruiting process with college football coaches. They're a little bit more mature at that point. They know what they want. And in some cases, guys transfer to different schools because they want a better opportunity to be able to be developed and prepared for the next level. South Carolina, with the guys that they're sending this year and how a bunch of these guys have done already up to this point in NFL draft season, they are going to fill up more ammo in their clip in terms of the pitch that they can give to prospective transfer portal targets and also high school football targets as well. So again, congrats to those five guys. It's really awesome to see that 
they're all going to get an even bigger stage now to really showcase their skills and talents and what all they could bring to an NFL franchise up in Indianapolis not too long from now. But at the same time, it should not be forgotten that these guys going to Indianapolis, again, just really shows how much this program is already starting to change under Shane Beamer and this coaching staff, not just from a recruiting standpoint and being able to accumulate talent, but also develop that talent as well. You got to have both if you want to become a championship contender. And South Carolina's football program seems to be on their way to doing that with meeting both of these aspects together in the middle. Now, speaking of championships, there's a specific coach at South Carolina currently that's already won multiple championships and one that could be in line to win another one very soon. And that is, of course, Don Staley, the head coach of South Carolina's women's basketball team. But there was a big announcement that was made late Wednesday evening regarding a massive honor that she is going to get pretty soon right here in Columbia, one that you're going to be able to see just walking down the street. What is that honor? We're going to talk about that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Super Bowl week is here on FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. They have so many great features that make betting on sports both fun and easy. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets, from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and also super easy to use. It only takes a minute or two to make a bet on your favorite team in your favorite sport. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, where you'll find everything you need to know about college hoops in just one place. Plus, you'll hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and also wherever you get your podcasts. Don Staley is going to get a statue in the very near future. The news was first reported by the state newspaper on Wednesday evening, and this statue that is going to be erected at some point in the next year or so is being done through a partnership involving the International Arts Funding Group, Statues for Equality, and some local business people as well. So the university does not have any ties in terms of funding to this project, a project that is estimated to cost around $140,000. But of course, the minuscule details of this statue are not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about what has led to Don Staley getting this statue and how she could end up adding on to the legendary resume that she's already built here at South Carolina. Don Staley, in terms of career coaching accomplishments, has won two national championships and is one of only six women's college basketball coaches to ever win two or more titles. She has made it to four Final Fours, 
She is a two-time Naismith Coach of the Year, has won six SEC regular season championships, ranks 27th all-time in the sport in terms of winning percentage, and during her time at South Carolina alone, she has seen nine players get drafted to the WNBA, including three top five draft picks, and that also includes Asia Wilson, who has won multiple WNBA MVPs and a WNBA championship with the Las Vegas Aces. And she is sure to add a couple more names to that list in Aaliyah Boston and Zia Cook and maybe one or two others this upcoming WNBA draft. So in terms of the impact that Don Staley has had on this program and in terms of the impact she's had on the school itself, there is no question what she has done here. Don Staley has made the University of South Carolina a more nationally recognized program across all sports because of what she has done with the women's college basketball program here at South Carolina. This was a program that had only made it to the NCAA tournament four times in the previous 18 years before Dawn Staley's arrival. When she started out here, I believe in her first season, she only won 10 games here. She went from that to three or four years later, South Carolina made it to the NCAA tournament. Then another three or four years later, they made it to the Final Four. A couple years after that, they won their first national championship. 2019 through 2020, they look like that they're well on their way to winning another national title. Of course, the COVID-19 pandemic and the chaos that sort of ensued after that derailed those hopes. And then they made it to the Final Four two years ago. Last season, they won the entire thing. And this year, they look like they could be well on their way to doing that once more. Don Staley has made South Carolina a national brand. When you talk about Carolina basketball... People do not just think about North Carolina's men's basketball program anymore. Obviously, there's a certain contingent of fans that are going to immediately think of that. But pretty soon, when you mention Carolina basketball, there's going to be a decent portion of people that are going to think about South Carolina's women's basketball team because of everything that they've done here under Don Staley's watch. And here's the other thing. This doesn't get talked about enough. What Don Staley has done with the women's basketball program could also help South Carolina's men's basketball program. There have been plenty of instances where you have seen other schools who have had top-notch coaches in certain sports elevate those programs to a certain level, and you sort of see all of the benefits that they get in terms of the attention trickle down to some of the other major sports programs. And Don Staley and the women's basketball program could have that same effect on South Carolina's men's basketball program. Now, while Frank Martin was here at South Carolina, of course, he and Don Staley, I believe, did have a pretty good relationship in terms of being fellow coaches at the university, but I just don't know how much it really had an impact during that time. But you know that when there's prospective recruits now that look at South Carolina, because of what's happened in just the last four or five years, that because of South Carolina's women's college basketball program, they're now going to look at South Carolina's men's basketball program a little bit further because, of course, there's going to be an initial assumption that maybe the men's basketball program is on the rise as well. Maybe they are just a couple notches below. And obviously right now, as we'll talk about in just a little bit, that is not the case. But, of course, Lamont Paris have given time. He could build this program up. He wants the program to be a perennial NCAA tournament participant. 
And Don Staley and her program and what all they have done undoubtedly helps Lamont Paris and what the men's basketball program could be falling in those footsteps. And here's the other thing. Don Staley might not be done yet. Now, do I expect Don Staley to do what Gino Ariema has sort of done at UConn where, you know, he's won double-digit national championships. He's about 70 years old now, I think, up there. And he's got a couple years left probably before he is going to retire. No, I do not expect Don Staley to do that. I think she has admitted before in the past, not a specific age marker, but that at some point in the near future, she will eventually hang it up because she does not want to be one of those coaches that ends up coaching all the way up until she's in her early to mid 70s. I think right now, Don Staley, I believe is 52. So if you wanted me to give an estimate of how much longer I think she would coach, I would probably give her about six to eight more years. Honestly, I don't think that she's going to be in Columbia for forever running this women's basketball program. So I think that for the time being, the fans really need to appreciate what they're witnessing because South Carolina, again, as of this current moment, they are probably the runaway favorites to win the national championship this year. Would mean back-to-back national titles. It would be the first time in several years that a program has done that in the sport. It would be her third overall. And with the talent that South Carolina keeps bringing in year after year after year, there's no question that she could maybe make a pursuit at Pat Summit's, I believe, eight national championships that she won during her time at Tennessee and surpass an old mentor of hers in Tar Vanderveer, the women's basketball head coach over at Stanford. So to put a bow on this entire conversation, Don Staley has had a seismic impact on this university, on the sport of women's college basketball, and her career in terms of going from being an athlete to a coach, might be one of the greatest in sports history, arguably. She was one of the best point guards in her generation when she played at Virginia back in the late 80s, early 90s. They nearly won a national title while she was a player there. She was a six-time WNBA All-Star when she arrived to that league. She was a multi-time gold medalist as a player. She's won multiple gold medals as the Olympic team's head coach. She's won multiple national titles at a women's college basketball program. It's only a matter of time before Don Staley is inducted to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame as a coach. I believe she's in the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame already, probably both as a player and as a coach. But she hasn't earned that specific honor yet. And I don't think it'll be too much longer before that ends up being bestowed upon her in the near future. So it's no surprise here. It is well-deserved for Don Staley to get a statue here. And who knows, in the near future, maybe Aaliyah Boston will be added to the statue list to where South Carolina will have three women's college basketball stars who had such an impact on this school that they impacted so greatly. All right, now for the final portion of today's show, let's talk about South Carolina's men's basketball team and the remaining chances to win a basketball game because at this point, South Carolina has lost eight games in a row, all conference games, and I believe they're currently 8-16 and 16 overall. So let's get this out of the way. South Carolina is not going to win out, of course, throughout the rest of the regular season. That's not going to happen. They're not going to finish 500. They play, I believe, Alabama and Tennessee besides the teams I'm about to mention. So they're not going to win either of those games. What South Carolina needs to aim for at this point is not finishing in the bottom four so that they do not have to play on opening night of the SEC men's basketball tournament because the way it is set up is essentially the bottom four teams 
all have to play each other on the first night. And if you end up by some miracle for some teams going on a run all the way to the championship game, it would mean that you have five straight days, I believe, where you are playing a basketball game. And that is something that is extremely difficult. And especially people that have played basketball at that level, they would understand much better than I would. So needless to say, it is very difficult to pull off that kind of feat. So South Carolina, I'm not saying that they need to do that, but they need to try to position themselves a little bit better heading into the SEC men's basketball tournament. So where are some win opportunities? Well, South Carolina's actually got multiple, in my opinion, that are still on their schedule because they're currently tied for second to last in the conference rankings. But they're only four games behind the eighth place team in Vanderbilt. Behind Vanderbilt, you got teams like Mississippi State, Georgia, Ole Miss, and LSU. And so when you look at all these teams, these are basically the bottom half of the SEC rankings. And these subsequently are the teams that South Carolina has the best chance to knock off before the end of the regular season. So let's look at the schedule real quick. South Carolina plays at Ole Miss on February 11th, which is just two days from today. Now, Ole Miss ranks 12th currently in the standings. I believe they only have two more wins than South Carolina, but one of those is against the Gamecocks. The Gamecocks lost by 12 to the Rebels just a week or so ago. I don't think that South Carolina would lose that badly to Ole Miss again when they play this contest, but again, if South Carolina wants to move up a couple spots in the standings before the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament, Ole Miss is a game that you have to win. They're literally one of the worst teams in the entire conference. You got Vanderbilt on February 14th. This is a game that, looking back on it, it was just such a tough blow for South Carolina because they were playing pretty well in this game, and they could have won, but they ended up losing in overtime to the Commodores. And the Commodores right now, I believe, currently carry a record of 12-12. and They're ranked 8th in the conference. They just had a massive upset victory over the Tennessee Volunteers, last night so not going to say that that game would be easy but the Gamecocks would get them at home and that's where they can try to capitalize and get some revenge on Vanderbilt for that close loss from earlier in the season then the Gamecocks play at LSU on February 18th LSU you think South Carolina's had it bad lately get this LSU has lost their last 11 games LSU like South Carolina has won one conference game and have not won one since. So these two teams, they could, admittedly, if things continue to go south, they could be battling out for who's going to finish 13th in the conference by the end of the season. But South Carolina plays them on the road. It's a first-year head coach in Mac McMahon. So again, another opportunity for Lamont Paris and this team to try and get a victory. Then the Gamecocks play later on in the month at Mississippi State on February the 28th, more specifically. Mississippi State is tied for 10th in the standings, and the Gamecocks lost to the Bulldogs by 15 the last time they played them, which was in the Colonial Life Arena. What killed them in that game was the fact that Mississippi State was beating them off the dribble too much. So if South Carolina could play a little bit better defense in terms of their rotations this time around, Mississippi State is not exactly the greatest offensive shooting team. So maybe South Carolina could, again, get one back against Mississippi State because I think this team has been getting a lot better the last few games and would not have the same performance if they played Mississippi State once again. And then the final game of the season, quite literally, is against the Georgia Bulldogs on March the 4th. They are also tied for 10th in the conference standings. And again, this one was probably the toughest loss the Gamecocks have suffered all season as they lost to the Bulldogs on the road in overtime after they were up by double digits with around 12 minutes left in the game. 
Again, I've said it multiple times, and I'm not going to move off of this hill. South Carolina was the better team in that game for like two-thirds of the contest. But obviously, Georgia made some good adjustments late. They wound up fighting back in the game, and they wound up taking it to overtime. And at that point, South Carolina thinks morale just sunk to a potential all-time season low because of how well they had been doing and the fact that they could see the lead slipping away. And this team, again, is still trying to learn how to win. My overall point with bringing up all these games individually is this. South Carolina's men's basketball program, right now, obviously, again, has not been doing so great this season. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to win another game for the rest of the season. They've got plenty of opportunities to make up some ground. And again, you're not going to try to finish 8th or 7th in the conference. You're not going to try to finish 500 for the entire season. That's just not feasible. What you need to aim for is to try to finish 10th or higher so that that way, again, you're not playing on opening night. The guys get a little bit of extra rest, and the coaching staff subsequently gets more time to game plan for their potential opponents in the SEC men's basketball tournament. Personally, I think that South Carolina can win three, maybe even four of these games, which if they could do that, go three and two or four and one out of these five games, then um, I think that would be pretty solid for this team, honestly, to end this season. So that's going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are your thoughts on the five South Carolina Gamecock football players that are going to head to Indianapolis for the NFL Scouting Combine? And what this signifies about the development from Shane Beamer and this coaching staff? What are your thoughts on Don Staley getting a statue here in Columbia after everything she's accomplished in her basketball career? And also, what do you think about South Carolina's men's basketball team? Do you think that they could win a few of these games that I mentioned at the end of the show? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section if you're watching today's show on YouTube. Or you could shoot me a direct message at a line underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll try to respond to your message as quickly as I see it. And once again, don't forget to make Locked On College Basketball your second listen or watch now that you have watched or listened to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.